All right, guys, how y'all doing tonight? Doing good? Good. Good to see your beautiful faces. My name is Mitchell Welch. I'm the college pastor here. So glad you guys are here at college nights. Did anybody else just encounter the presence of God powerfully during worship? Isn't that so fresh? Love worshiping with you guys. I think the, the worship team, are you, where are you? There you are. Everybody give it up for that worship team over there. Thank you, guys. How incredible. Seriously, y'all just look at him and say, you're incredible. Man, they really are. You should get to know them personally if you don't. Um, I want to give a shout out to our, our guests, our first timers, or if you're still checking things out, you came with a friend. Thank you so much for coming tonight. I would love to personally meet you before you leave. I'll be out in the foyer after the college night is over. I'd love to shake your hand, get to know your name, and give you a hug maybe. Who knows? Uh, but we're going to, tonight, we're going to keep going in the series that we've kicked off this semester with. It's titled, That All May Know. Y'all just show, saw a little video about it, but God's heart is that the whole world would know his love, would know his goodness, would know his power, would know his mercy. And the crazy thing about how the whole world is going to know it, it's going to be through you and me, his people telling the world the good news. So we're going to keep diving in to that message tonight. But real quick, let me give you a sneak peek into what's coming the next two weeks. Next week at College Night, we're going to start a dating series, all right? Oh, ah, mixed, mixed replies. So here's what you can do. Next week, you can invite somebody that you're interested in, and then you're going to say, hey, come to this Bible teaching, and then, you know, me, me and you can go to a coffee shop, do a Bible study about the teaching afterwards, and, and um, you know, we may learn a few things. So I'll see you guys next week with somebody of the opposite gender right next to you, all right? We're going to do, do that for two weeks. We're going to wrap that series up on Valentine's Day with me and my beautiful, amazing wife, Beth. We're going to come up here and share a little bit of our story and talk about dating and our heart behind it, what the Bible has to say about it. So it's going to be exciting next couple weeks. But... That's, that's to come. But you guys ready for tonight? Yeah? You sure? We are in for a special treat. There's another pastor and our staff that is going to be sharing and communicating the Word of God to us tonight. So take out your journals. Take out your Bibles. Make sure you're ready. I uh, just want to honor this man of God before he gets up here. I met him many, many years ago. I guess it was 2010. I met him in Uganda, so not in America. And uh, he... <laughs> Long story short, my wife and I felt like we were literally lost in the middle of Uganda, which that's in Africa, okay? It's just, it's different than here. And I literally, we showed up late, three days late to our mission trip. It's just me and my uh, fiance at the time, and we're getting married. Like in two weeks, we go on this mission trip, and we literally are like lost in the middle of Uganda, and we don't have any American friends around. And then, after 30 minutes of freaking out, this massive van rolls up to this hotel where we were lost, and out jumps this white guy with this red shirt, and it was Kent Forrester. And he said, are you Mitchell and Beth? And I said, yes, you're white. Help me. That's literally what I said. Do you remember this? <laughs> and uh, he, he came to our rescue, brought us to the right hotel that we were supposed to be at, and Anyways, this guy loves God. He rescues people from all of their confusion. Anyways, so he points people to Jesus and mighty man of God. So thankfully he's here. So you guys give it up for Kent Forrester. Yeah. 
All right, man. Have fun tonight. Let's go. Hey, thank you. Some of you guys are really excited about next week, the dating night. I could hear it, and some of you were kind of like, what? It, it's going to be good. The Lord wants you to date. The Lord wants you to know who you're going to give your life to. It's going to be good. Hey, let's do something fun real quick. If you think maybe you grew up, so not just born, but actually were raised for a period of years, the furthest from College Station, stand up. If, if you're from Caldwell, please sit back down. If you're not from Caldwell, stand up. And we want to we wanna find out, where, where were you raised? Qatar? Wow! Okay, can anyone beat Qatar? Where are you from? Nigeria? Oh! Hey, somebody Google that. Which is furthest? Qatar might be furthest. Somebody help me out. I actually think Qatar might be further. Somebody else? Nigeria? Has anyone Googled that yet? I'm, I know Nigeria sounds further. I actually think Qatar is further. Does anyone disagree? Okay. Hey, T-shirt. Awesome. I, I found that in the lost and found. I don't know whose it was. It'll be great. Hey, so I, I didn't really. Hey, so a couple weeks ago, um, Mitchu asked if I would come in and, and speak about missions. I didn't realize it was the last week that we're going to be talking about this. So now there's a little bit of, of added pressure. Um, also, there's a little bit of added pressure. Drew Stedman taught last week. How many of you guys were here for Drew? Oh, my goodness gracious. I was sitting outside. My, my kids are part of the youth group, so I was here to pick up my kids. I was sitting outside waiting for them to be done. And I'm just sitting there. I'm, I'm literally just absorbing. It's like every time this man speaks, number one, it's really hard to keep up with. But number two, it's just truth after truth after truth after truth after truth after truth. He just blows you away. It's incredible. And what's fun is knowing that the Drew Stedman you see with a microphone in his hand, the exact same man he is having a coffee, exact man he is playing Ultimate Frisbee, exact same guy. It's really, really fun. So all that to preface, if you came to, to, to be amazed by a speaker tonight, you're going to be disappointed. And, and I, don't, I don't say that in, 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 in facetiousness. Like, in truthfulness, you're going to be. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new we can teach one another. I, I Even, again, 40 minutes ago, Mitch was like, hey, man, how do you feel about tonight? I was like, I've got a big question mark right now, bro. Usually when, when, when there's any kind of a speaking engagement, I feel like the Lord says pretty clearly, hey, here's where I want to go. Here's a couple of places I want to stop. I'll let you fill in the gaps. And tonight, it was, it was literally, it was like, Lord, I don't know where you want to go yet. I mean, we can just talk, but I don't know where you want to go. And, and I feel like he has spoken really clearly. He wants to take away the mystery of this. Because this, be, this, be this can be a little over-spiritualized. When, when I was in high school, not so much when I was in college, but when I was in high school, they would bring in guest speakers. And it's one of those deals, it's like, man, this is a guest speaker. He was a missionary. He lived overseas. Or, 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 or he's a pastor. There's something it's like... I mean, he must really be anointed, you know? You, you, we're all anointed. We're all called. But this guy, he must really be anointed. God must really have gotten a hold of this guy. And it's just kind of this mystery. Like, what's he eat for breakfast? What's he read? What, why is he so different? And I really feel like what the Lord wanted to do tonight 
was take away the mystery, demystify. What does it mean to do missions? So I really feel like he just wanted me to share a personal story. And, I, and I, I'm super comfortable sharing bits and pieces of testimony. I don't remember the last time I shared, like, a big chunk of it. So tonight, you're going to hear some Bible verses. I really hope you write them down and go look them up in the morning. You're also just going to hear a lot of testimony. And here's what I want you to do. If at any point in the evening the Holy Spirit starts speaking to your heart, tune me out and listen to what he's saying. Because there's something powerful about hearing a normal person who fell in love with a very unnormal God and began to live a very unnormal life. It's powerful. It's attractive. It's crazy. Yeah? Okay, let's pray and we'll get going. Jesus, we love you. You've been really, really good to us. You've been really, really kind to us. And we want to know you. You have made yourself known, and we would say we, we want more. So I, I would pray and ask, Spirit of God, tonight, would you open our ears so that we could hear your voice? Would you just remind us of some of the words you've spoken to us? Would you remind us of some of the promises you've made? Father, I just pray that, that, that you would maybe get our attention tonight. Once again, would you get our attention, and would you just speak? Here we are. Help us hear, and will you speak? In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So I grew up in First Baptist Church, Amarillo, Texas. Anybody from Amarillo? No way. Seriously? Wow. I, Amarillo, Texas. I haven't met very many people from Amarillo. I didn't think that was going to happen. Okay, I was born in further west Texas, over by Midland and Odessa, and then moved to Amarillo. You beat me. Sorry, bro. I grew up around 34th and Western. Which, which part of town were you at? Southwest part of town. Where are you from? You're, you don't remember where you're from, bro? Okay, okay, okay. Awesome. Great, great to meet you. Great to meet you. Awesome. So I grew up First Baptist Church in Amarillo. Uh, I remember we went to church Sunday mornings. We went to church Sunday nights. Sunday nights were cool. Does anybody remember Shasta? It's, it's a soda. Y'all remember Shasta? I like this crew. This is awesome. So Shasta is a foreign product in most places. So Sunday nights we'd go and Shasta would be in the, in the recyclable bottles. And they had peanut butter crackers. But here's the deal. It wasn't like the kind you get in the crackers, it, in, the, in the packages. It was the legit saltine crackers with like an inch of peanut butter. You eat half of it and you can't talk. Every Sunday night it was so much fun. So, and then Wednesday nights, we went to church on Wednesday nights. So, grew up First Baptist Church, Amarillo, Texas. We went to church three times a week. Mom and dad, we prayed before we ate our food. We were Christians. We did what Christians do. We didn't do bad things. We, we tried to do good things. And we went to church three times a week, and we prayed before we ate our food. And I, I kind of thought that's what a Christian was. That's kind of what you do. Uh, moved to Lubbock, Texas. Anybody from Lubbock, Texas? Oh, yeah. Hannah and I went to the same high school. I went a little bit before her, but we went to the same high school. Anybody else from Lubbock? Okay, so Lubbock, Texas. Started going to First Baptist Church, Lubbock, Texas. I don't know how they're all, all the first. Anybody? First Baptist? Okay. Okay. So by high school, again, I know what it means to be a Baptist. There's certain things we do. There's certain kind of gray areas. If you don't get caught, it's okay. And then there's other things you just don't do as a Baptist. Am I the only one? Thank you. Here's the deal. I didn't know Jesus. I knew about Jesus. 
There's a scripture. There's a, there's a story, an actual story that happened. Moses is on the mountain. God's saying, Moses, you know me. They know about me. And it grieves my heart. There's times I actually want to smite them. They know about me. Moses, you actually, you know me. What was different about Moses? He didn't walk away from the burning bush. He walked toward it. Guys, that actually happened. A bush was on fire. That's not normal. Listen, guys. Listen, listen. I mean, seriously. The things of God are not always what we expect. And we're going to hear this tonight, this phrase a couple of times. The things of God are not what we expect because we are the created. He's the creator. Moses didn't walk away from the burning bush. Moses walked toward it. What is this thing? Moses also knew he had a destiny. Moses also knew he had an amazing past. Moses also knew that he was saved from death. So there was a lot else going on, but he walked toward the burning bush. Everybody else would have walked away from it. So I'm, I'm, I'm in high school by this point. I know pretty well what it means to be Baptist. I don't know what it means really to know Jesus. And at that time in my life, guys, I didn't know very many people who did, who actually knew Jesus, whose lives had been changed, who were filled with God's presence. I didn't really know. That was a mystery. And I was nervous of it. So if anything smelled or looked different, I would typically find a way to get away. So sin came in, and sin was pleasurable. What's the Bible say? Sin is pleasurable for a season. Where does it lead? Where does it go? To death. By age 22, I actually thought about sharing some of that, and I thought, let's don't spend the time. By age 22, I'm contemplating, I'm contemplating suicide. Sin was pleasurable, and it brought, it brought death and the desire for death at a very, very early age. At age 22, when life's beginning, I'm thinking, I don't want to live anymore. This is miserable. I'm alone. No one knows me. Like, this is miserable. And here's the deal. We heard a testimony earlier. Some, 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 some of your friends, some of your peers were hanging out earlier. We heard a testimony of somebody who went to a place and met a guy when he was a freshman in college. And lo and behold, that guy years later said, hey, do you remember that first night we met? And I was a little all over the place. I was thinking about suicide that night. And you came and you stayed up with me until the wee hours of the night. And by that point, I was too tired to follow through with it. That guy today is still alive, and he still has hope. He's probably not perfect. He's probably not walking in perfection. But he's alive in more ways than one. Yeah? Okay. <clears throat> it's not a mystery. January 2010, January 21st. My family and I got on a plane to move to Uganda, Africa. I, I want to share how I got there, to move to Uganda, Africa. Guys, I had my first for real life panic attack at 33,000 feet above the Atlantic Ocean, absolutely filled with fear. We'd been trained, we'd been equipped, we're going to go church planting on the other side of the planet. And I wanted to get through the door and tell the man, please turn around, we have made a mistake. Guys, it's, it's, again, there was this big mystery. Like, what are we really getting ourselves into? Father, I know what you've said, but I, we need some time here. What's going on? Big mystery. <clears throat> let's, let's back up just a bit. Very first mission trip. Big mystery. We go to Guatemala. At the time, doing missions was you go and you build something for things that people could probably build themselves, but they know people are going to come build it for free, so they get out of the way and they let you do it. That's what we thought missions was at that time. So thankful that Antioch has a different way of doing missions. 
Here's what happened in Guatemala. It's 1998. My wife and I have just been married for about six months. Go to Guatemala. Big mystery. I don't know what this means. Guys, on that trip, I heard the voice of God more clear than I had heard in seasons. On that trip, I was reminded of, of the clarity of what God had called me to more clearly than I had in seasons. The, 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 the missionaries who were actually living there at the time, they were looking for a young couple to come, the wife to help homeschool their kiddos, and the, son, or the, the, the husband to, to be involved in some of the things they were doing as a ministry. And it was, it was a shoe-in. I mean, they're looking for a couple. So I said, hey, my wife and I want to come. I hadn't asked her yet, but I'm pretty confident she's going to want to. We're going to come for two years, man. We want to be a part of this. Absolutely. I mean, it's a shoe-in. Like, this is the way you become a missionary. You go work with them. They invite you over. You come, and here we go. At the very last moment, they changed their minds and said, no, we, all, we just want university-age single gals. Like, out of the blue, changed their minds. Guys, it was, it was an amazing disappointment. It was not how I thought it would go. 1998, it was not how I thought it would go. God, you got a hold of my heart. God, you spoke to me clearly. I've had an amazing time with you. I volunteered. I signed up to come and be here for two years, and it didn't work out. What was that? Went back to life as normal. And life as normal is what? What are you guys doing in here? Life as normal is what? Father, I'm still trusting you. I'm still going to give my heart to you. The burning bush is there. I'm still going to go towards it. I'm disappointed. I am. I'm confused. I'm a little jaded. I'm a little mad. I signed up to do something, and, and you said no, but went back to life as normal. Lord, I still trust you. I'm still going to walk in your ways. I'm still going to go to the burning bush that you have in front of me, whatever that may happen to be, instead of walking away from it. Is this ringing a bell with anyone? Has anyone ever been disappointed that something didn't turn out the way you thought it should? How did you respond? That's why you're still in this room. Father, I'm frustrated. That's not the way I thought it would go. And then we come back to the place like David and said, but you know the stars by name. You understand what's taking place. Ooh, excuse me. You understand what's taking place. Father, you know I don't, so I'm going to continue following. It's amazing. So, so any science majors in here? Okay, help me out. How fast is the world traveling right now? Fit. Wow, that just came out of his mouth. <laughs> 50 miles per second. We just did 100 miles. 15? 18. Sorry, sorry. 50 sounds way better. 18 miles per second. We just did 36 miles. We just did 36. Literally, we just did 36 more miles. How fast is the world spinning? I thought we're going, the, I thought we're going, we're traveling 18 miles per second. How fast are we spinning on our axis at the exact same time? Google it. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. It's, it's a high rate of speed. Some, I thought, surely, where at A&M? Somebody knows this. It's not quite 18 miles per hour, but it's in the near vicinity. 460 meters per second. The metric system's awesome, by the way. We use it for eight years. It's a great system. So right now, listen, listen, listen. Right now, we're traveling 18 miles per second while spinning 450 meters per second. But can we feel it? 
Do we understand how it's happening? Absolutely not. I, I know we didn't come here to do science, guys. I had a disappointment in my life. I thought I was going to go to Guatemala for two years. I thought my wife and I were going to go be part of this move of God. And he said, no, I want you to go back and be faithful at your work. I want you to go back and be faithful to your small group. I want you to go back and be faithful to your wife. It was hard, but that was our choice. Now, second mission trip, January of 2007. Go to Uganda. It's a three-week deal. Halfway through, and here's, here's where it gets kind of fun, guys. Halfway through this, what I thought was a three-week deal, felt the Lord inviting me, inviting my family to come and be a part of what I'm doing. Literally, it was an invitation. It was not a thus saith the Lord. I've heard of people who have gotten that before. I personally haven't met very many of them. Most of the folks that I know, most of the folks that I know who are overseas, most of the folks I know who are doing missions full-time, it was literally, Father, I feel like you're inviting me to join in what you're doing. I want to be a part of it. I don't know how I can help, but I want to be a part of it. It was an invitation. So that was January of, 2000, of 2007. Now go fast forward to January 2010. We're on, our pl- on the plane. We land January 22nd. Guys, if God... If God can use a guy from Amarillo, Texas, Lubbock, Texas, who knew what it meant to be a Baptist, if God can use a guy like, like me, and again, I don't, I'm not trying to be facetious. I just, I know me. That's the thing here. Like, I know me. I know my thought life. I know my past. I know what God's done in me. I know who I was. And it's nasty. If God can do that through a regular person and literally say, You have been faithful everywhere I've placed you. I have another place I want to place you. It's going to be a little different, but I'm going to be the same. It took away the mystery. For the longest time, I tried to pretend. I don't want to use the word pretend. I I tried to fulfill the role as a missionary. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a missionary. It was awkward to try to be something that you're to try to fulfill a role that you think is supposed to be? Like if Mitchell was going to try to fulfill the role of a college pastor, fulfill the role of a pastor, it'd be really awkward. But because he's just being himself, it's actually pretty attractive. Does that make sense? I want to take away the mystery of this deal. We, we think it's this thing, and it's not. It's being faithful with the small. It's being faithful with the little. Let's go back and look at the very first mission trip. In the, book, in the Bible, in Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. What's going on? Acts chapter 13, you can turn there, verses 1 through 3. What's happening there? I told you you weren't going to be wowed by the speaker tonight. I hope you are reminded of who has spoken into your life, though. If this happens, this is a good evening. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. What's going on? You've read it. What's happening? What are they doing? Are they doing some spiritual thing? Are they doing some, some, some mystical thing? Are they doing some, is it some big thing they're doing? What are they doing? They're praying and fasting fairly normal part of the life of someone who's been set free from death. Fairly normal. I I, want to ad-lib here. I absolutely despise fasting. 
I think most of us do. And that's usually when the Lord speaks the clearest, and it's usually when he does his deepest work. The thing we despise the most. Why do we have to despise it? I don't get it. Very normal things happening here. Again, guys, we're trying to remove the mystery. Very normal things happening. The Lord sets them apart. We don't hear any details. It literally just says, set them apart for the work that I have for them. It says, then they continue to pray and fast. My opinion is that's where some clarity came in. Because it just says, set them apart for the work that I have for them at the first part. That, but what does that mean? Then they continue to pray and fast. Then there's some clarity brought in here. Who, who knows, where did they go on their very first mission trip? Where did Paul and Barnabas go? To the island of Cyprus. Why did they go to the island of Cyprus? What spiritual, mystical thing was happening on the island of Cyprus? What thing was drawing them? What, what smoke was over the island that was calling them? Come on, say it loud. Where was Barnabas from? The island of Cyprus. Guys, they literally said, Lord, where do we go? I don't know. wasn't there. But I kind of have a thought that Barnabas had a thought of a cousin. Barnabas had a thought of a family member. Barnabas had a thought of part of his tribe, part of his clan. And literally, what did Barnabas say? Paul, I know there's somewhere we can go. And it was amazing. And on the very first mission trip, they go from town to town. Did anything happen initially on the island of Cyprus? They go from town to town. Did anything initially happen? Did anything initially take place? No. When did something finally happen? We've read the book of Acts, yeah? So when did finally something happen on the island of Cyprus? It was, it was the very last place they went to. There was a proconsul... Does anybody remember? When did something finally break? What happened? Someone answer. It's okay. Do, you know, do you, anyone remember? Okay. There was a false prophet, and one of the men of God said, hey, bro, don't speak anymore, and he wasn't able to speak anymore. And the leader of the island, the proconsul, the leader of the island, literally said, you have something we need. Will you please continue sharing with us? There's no mystery in this. Here's what happened. The Holy Spirit did his part, and there was a son of God there to explain it. There's no mystery. It's not this mystical thing. If a, if a guy from Lubbock can go and see fruit in a foreign culture and not have a clue what he's doing, guys, I promise you, I promise you, every single one in this room, I promise you, you can, because of who dwells within you. If we're faithful with where he's placed us, but we are always looking for the next burning bush. What did Jesus say? I'm not doing anything unless I see Father doing it. If I don't see Father working, I'm not going to go. How do we know when the Holy Spirit's working? How do we know when the Holy Spirit's working? What does John chapter 3, verse 8 say? You can turn and look there if you want. John chapter 3, verse 8. How do we know when the Holy Spirit's moving? How do we know when God is doing something? How do we know when God is somewhere moving upon someone's heart, moving upon the heart of a, of a people? How do we know? John chapter 3, verse 8, what's it say?
Say it again. Okay. In John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, We don't necessarily know where the wind's coming from. We don't necessarily know where the wind's going. We don't understand where does the wind rest when it's not blowing. I mean, we don't necessarily get that. How do we know the wind? The wind is there. You hear it. You, you can feel it. You can see it. And what does he promise, even in Ezekiel, what does he promise to give us? Eyes to see. You'll see when the Holy Spirit is rustling someone, like the leaves in a tree. You'll hear when the Holy Spirit is literally going through and blowing, blowing disappointment away from someone. Blowing discouragement away from someone. How? Because you've been faithful in the little. Because you've been faithful where he's called you to. You'll literally see and hear it, guys. It's not a mystery. It's, I mean, Paul, goodness gracious. We, I mean, yes, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. I'll give him that. At the same time, he was dead in his sins. He met Jesus just like you did. He came to faith in a little different way, but he still came into faith. And his heart became filled with the same compassion that most of you in here have tasted. Lord, it's not fair. How come I'm set free from sin and members of my family are still bound? Father, it's not fair. It's not fair. Why have you brought me salvation? Why have you brought me life? I didn't do anything, and I'm surrounded by so many friends who don't even know it exists. Is this touching? It's not a mystery. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20. It says, we've all been given the ministry of reconciliation. We've all been given the opportunity to bring those who are dead before Father so that he can give them life. We've all been given this opportunity. Yes, there are going to be opportunities to do that in Louisiana during spring break. There's going to be opportunities. Some of you guys are going to be in a foreign country this summer. You will be a part of this deal. Here's the deal, though. The nations are in our backyard. I know you know that. I know you get that. But I also don't think you understand how incredibly rare and unusual that is because you're just here in the middle of it. And you've probably been here in the middle of it for a couple of years. I don't think you understand how incredibly rare it is to be in a community like this where the nations literally are here and most of them will eventually go back home. So it's fun to think about going to the other side of the world. I would encourage you to go to the other side of campus. Seriously. And, and not to do ministry. And not to preach the gospel to the lost. Literally, just to go to the other side of the campus and see if the wind's rustling the leaves in somebody's lives. Like, you probably have your favorite place to eat, and you probably see the same place, place, folks all the time where you eat at that favorite place. Guys, it would be so incredibly simple to go to a new part of campus and have meals that maybe you probably normally wouldn't have just to find out where is the wind blowing. Just to find out where is the Holy Spirit coming and going. We can practice that here, guys. Yeah? It's not a mystery. Paul was brought to life. Anyone in here brought to life? Amen. Paul was set apart to do the work of God. Anyone in here the Lord has ever said to you, I have sanctified you, I have set you apart, I have a plan for your life. Anybody in here? Awesome. So how do we get qualified to do missions? How do we get qualified to be a part of the global mission that we've been talking about probably for the last couple of weeks? How do we get qualified for this deal? Holy Spirit, first and foremost. Holy Spirit, somebody else? 
How do we get qualified for this deal? Say yes to what? To go, yes. But say yes to the next thing he asks. Literally. Say yes to the next thing he asks. What did he tell him? You're going to be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. What if they weren't his witnesses in Jerusalem? What if they did not look for opportunities? What if they did not look for the Spirit of God blowing upon people's lives in Jerusalem after Acts chapter 2? Would they have ever gone to Samaria? Would they have ever been invited to be to the parts, to the ends of the world? Absolutely not. I would say absolutely not because they're not faithful with the little. They're not faithful with God put them first. Guys, we've all been given the same mission. We are surrounded by those who are dead. And we get to bring them to an unusual God who wants to breathe life into them. We don't have any part to do with that. So here's the last couple of things that I want to share with you. And I, I'm, I'm really hoping what we're getting tonight, and I, I know it's not coming out clear. Trust me, I know it's not. What I'm really hoping that we're at least getting, though, is there's no qualifications. The qualification is, have you been brought to life? Are you being obedient today with what God's called you to? Are you making decisions in faith today? with what God has called you to. And if you are, you more than qualify. You literally on a path that is an amazing life. Being in here with you guys during worship, absolutely overwhelming. You guys could be doing a number of things tonight. And people would expect it. You're in college. You're in university. But you've chosen what's best. There was somebody else in the Bible who, was, who chose what was best. And she got to have an amazing part of being a, a part of Jesus' last days because she chose what was best. So when we go to, when we go to our, our spring break trip, guys, seriously, I, I really want to encourage you guys to consider that's an opportunity to practice how you, sp you spend the rest of your life. So you're literally going to be going to Louisiana. I don't know if you've ever been to Louisiana. little different culture. They do speak a form of English. It's a little different culture. It's actually pretty interesting. So here's the deal. We talked very briefly about Paul. We talked very briefly about how he did his mission trips. I had a couple things I wanted to share, but I, I feel like we should, we should get going. Skip it. If we go to Louisiana, if we go and join in what God is already doing there, and we know he's already doing something there, that's why we want to go join and be a part of it. If we go to Louisiana during spring break, how, how much are we going to be able to be a part of what God's doing by holding intellectual conversations with folks. Now, now don't, don't just answer the question, because it's easy to just answer and give the right answer. I actually want you to consider it. How much are we going to be able to be a part of what God is doing by holding intellectual conversations with folks? By intellectually asking them what they believe. Will we be able to actually be a part of, part of much of what the Holy Spirit's doing in Louisiana? The answer is no, guys. And I know that's a little awkward. I know it is. So that's why we get to practice even here on campus now. Father, my words aren't going to set anybody free. My, my words aren't going to entice anybody to give their life away. Father, if you don't do, like, it's literally a desperation. Lord, if you don't show up, nothing's happening. And so it's literally, it's, it's, it's anticipating, it's praying. Lord, I know you're going to show up because you asked me to be a part of this. I know you're going to come because I've just asked you to come. 
So I know, like, it's, it's not a, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work myself up. It's a factual statement. Father, you're going to come because if you don't, nothing's happening in this person's life. So here, so, here, so we're going to get to practice it just a little bit in Louisiana. Now, some of you guys, how many of you already signed up for Engage the Nations? Raise your hand real quick. Okay. Do you know how incredibly rare it is to be part of a church like this? Do you know how incredibly unusual it is? We were actually holding a short conversation about this earlier today. This is not normal. This is not normal. Guys. It, it's normal to us because it's what we know. It's normal to us because we've been here. Most churches, their college groups are talking about how can we support missions. Most churches, their elder meetings are talking about how can, which missions do we financially give to. Most church families aren't looking at what nation, God, are you calling us to this year? What people group, God, are you pursuing and you want us to be a part of what you're doing, God? And then to believe he's actually going to give the finances, he's actually going to show up with spiritual signs and wonders so that men and women will actually have something to believe in. Guys, listen, I know it's kind of normal because you've been here for a little bit. All of you just, you're going overseas, not for, for spring break beach, but because God's doing something, you want to be part of it. Guys, it's not normal outside of the confines of this walls. It's become normal to us, but it's not. There was a statement said years ago, it just spoke to my heart, that God isn't looking for a work for his church to do. He doesn't have a work for his church to do. He has a church for his work. His work's always been the same. It's the church that always changes. He has a work. He has a church for his work. And I'm telling you, this family, we've, we've, we've somehow gotten the attention of God's heart. I know that we all do. I, I know we all do. But we've gotten the attention of his heart where he literally would say, I'm doing something in the Middle East. You guys come and be a part of it. This year, I'm doing something in Southeast Asia. I want you guys to come and be a part of it. Here's what I wanted to, do, to say tonight. What I really hope the Spirit of God will pound into your hearts gently. It's not, it's not a short little two-week or a short little one-summer deal. This isn't an event that you're going to get through and be like, man, do you remember that summer? Wow, do you remember the stories? Like, this isn't the deal. Because it's not a mystery that we're stepping into wondering what's going on. Lord, I've, I'm qualified. In February of 1997, I gave my life to you. What month? What March? What month? What, what, what year? Literally, I gave my life to you, Father. And I've just been following the best I can. Most of the time, I have a clue what I'm doing. But every now and then, you give me evidence I'm on the right path. Thank you for your grace. There's no mystery. I'm faithful with what you've put in front of me now so I can be faithful and over there. So if, if spring break is just kind of a practice for the rest of life, guys, what you guys are going to do this summer, don't let it be an event. It literally is just a practice for how you're going to live the rest of your life. Father, I love you. You love me. You make, you've made that known. Father, I love these brothers and sisters that I get to live life with. This is an amazing opportunity. Father, you have a plan that I get to be a part of. My little bitty life isn't little bitty anymore because it's now a part of your plan that's never ending. This is amazing. The catch would be, guys, don't go to Louisiana or to Southeast Asia with intellectual conversations. Number one, they don't know our language. And number two, they don't have a reference point for most of our words. We have to let God be God. And that's, that's the part that's tricky, because what if he doesn't show up? But when you read his, his words, he's already there. 
How can he not show up? There's one more thing I feel like we're supposed to do. Some of you in here tonight, your heart is alive. You, you get it. There was a day you know that you were dead. You were hiding from the things of God. You were hiding from light. You were hiding from truth. And, and you kind of let him find you. You've been marked. Literally, you've been marked. His spirit resides within you. His spirit abides upon you. Some of you here tonight, you, you've come most likely because you were invited by someone that you were interested. Either, either a good buddy or, or, or a young lady or a young man. There's a handful of us in here tonight. You came because you were invited, and it's awesome. It's fun. These people are different, but it's fun. I like this. Here's the deal. They're not going to try to sign you up to go overseas for the summer. They're going to give you an opportunity to find life. Because you can receive life from the one who created it, and it's incredible. Or you can use the next 10, 15 years trying to create life on your own. Rather through what you gain through your, through, your, through your diligence, rather what you gain through your abilities. But at the end of those 10 or 15 years, you're going to be like a number of men in Scripture who said, at the end of it, it was like chasing the wind. I caught nothing. At the end of the day, it was meaningless. So, so we're, we're, we're not going to ask you to raise your hand. We're not, we're not going to ask you to stand up. But I just know typically when you have a room with more than 20 people, there's always a couple of them. They're there but they don't necessarily know what's going on. Here's the deal. You're surrounded by people right now who were exactly in your seat. And they simply said, Lord, it is true. You have life. I believe you want me to have life. I don't, and I want it. And I'm telling you, this is a place you can, you can do that. So I would encourage you. And there's going to be some ministry time here in a little bit. I would encourage you to come up. And, and you don't have to have a big old explanation, guys. You just have to get up and walk towards someone and trust. Lord, you're not going to spank me. You actually want to help me out. Okay? So last thing. It's not a mystery. Let's remove the mystery. He's looking for faithful sons and daughters who will be faithful in Jerusalem, who will be faithful in Judea, so that when he sends them to the ends of the world, just like it's going to happen here, they're just faithful. Father, what are you saying? We're going to do it. Okay? Awesome. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we know you're here. We know you love us. We know that even now, there, there, there's some of our hearts. You're just drawing near because you're gentle and you're kind. So even now, Spirit of God, pray that you would give us boldness to walk towards you. I pray that you'd give us boldness. To, 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 to move, to stop sitting, to stop standing, but to move towards you. Father, I pray you'd give us sensitivity even now, that we would hear your voice and we'd know what you're saying. Amen. Amen, amen. Let's stand to our feet, guys. We have some of our life group leaders come on down. It doesn't have to be everybody, but a few of our life group leaders come on down to make yourself available to pray for some folks. Not a mystery. Y'all good with that? <laughs> it's as simple that God has invited us in to be a part of his great story. And all we have to do is just say yes to him and say yes to the next thing that he puts in front of us. And then we will be a part of seeing some pretty incredible things happen. So here is the invitation tonight. If you want prayer, we want everyone leaving here feeling like, man, 
I have responded to what God is doing in my heart. There's just two things. One is this, the last thing that Kent said, which is if you're feeling like, I don't know if I like, like fit in here, but I want life. If you're saying, I want that, then come on down. One of these folks um, used to be where you are. I was where you are about 12 years ago, sitting in a room like this, and I'm like looking around, and I don't know what is either wrong or right with him, but I want life, and I think it's in Jesus. And so I said, I want it. Got prayer from somebody, and my life has been radically different, and I'm walking in abundant life now. Hallelujah. And so that's you. I believe God wants to touch you. I just tell you how much he loves you and fill you with his life. Secondly, I think it's for almost everybody in this room. I was praying for tonight, and I felt like what God wanted to do was to take those of us that maybe you feel like you're on the edge of like a, a deep end or like a pool, and I felt like the Lord just, really what he's been doing tonight is just giving you that final nudge just to like jump in. <laughs> that was so fun. I can't believe I just did that. That was awesome though. So after the service, if you want to do that, just to stamp it in the ground, that's great. But, but, but that... The nudge, it's not a push, you know, it's not God forces you to go on a mission trip, forces you to talk to somebody about Jesus. It's just like a little nudge. And when you make that, the decision factor when you jump is, you know what it is? It's, it's a word that has three letters. Yes. I feel like God wants to increase and strengthen the yes in all of our hearts tonight. So if you want someone to partner with you and say, just to agree, say, God, give me a stronger yes in my heart to whatever you invite me into, then, then I encourage you to come on up and receive prayer from one of these folks. All right, sound good? Come on, pray. If you don't want to come up here and receive prayer, just worship where you are. We'll close it out in just a few minutes. So, Lord, thank you for giving folks life tonight, abundant life in Jesus' name. I pray if there's anyone here that just feels empty and dead inside, that, Lord, you would shift that tonight in Jesus' name. Those of us that feel like we're on the edge, and that you would just feel your nudge inside of our hearts. God, I pray that next step to like dive in, that yes, God, would you give it to us stronger than ever before. Thank you, Lord. You're for us and you love us and you're good. In Jesus' name.